May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So when I was in my second of three years at seminary school, which is the school where one learns how to become a priest, I came home for Christmas to have a very serious and somber talk with my family. I said to them, I have something to tell you. When I am ordained a priest, I will not be able to host Christmas. <laughs> I won't be able to make Graham's raisin bread. I won't be able to stuff stockings. I won't be able to roast a perfect Christmas turkey. And my entire family said, yeah, that makes sense. And they moved on to the next topic. I was flabbergasted. Never mind that I had never done any of those things before. But here I was, laying down this perfect vision of domestic goddessness that I had in my head. I was going to be the woman with a baby on my hip and a vacuum in the other hand and lipstick on my mouth, smiling through the holidays, making it perfect and merry for everyone. And I had to lay it down because God was calling me to a different kind of Christmas. A Christmas of ministry among other people. I laugh at myself for this because for me, it was kind of a big loss for me to not have that vision of perfection in my head, of the perfect Christmas just so. And you know, the truth is, my proclamation has somewhat come true. I've been ordained for about five years now and my family and I have settled into a kind of rhythm with our Christmases. We keep things pretty low frills and pretty simple and quiet for me and my husband and my two boys. And you know, I still do have the no hosting rule. And I've done pretty well at sticking to that, except this year, I goofed. My dear friend from high school who I hadn't seen in over a year sent me an email and said, hey, come to my birthday party in December. And it was a day that I couldn't make it and I was devastated. So without thinking, I fired off an email right back to her and said, gosh, we can't make it, but we'd love to have you come over for dinner. How about December 21st? Send. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, I was understandably pretty nervous about this and the week of our dinner date came around and I sent her a text that said really looking forward to seeing you this week just be prepared I'm not going to clean my house I have a potty training toddler and I did not have time to bake you a birthday cake and she said great can I bring my new boyfriend <laughs> The domestic goddess inside of me fainted. <laughs> For not only was I opening up my hideous mess to my dear friend, but to a complete stranger who she was trying to impress, it was a recipe for disaster. And probably one of the scariest things I've ever done. Now it's Christmas, and I'm sure that all of you have figured out the punchline of the story. 
We got together. We had some veggie chili from a crock pot. Her boyfriend was a lovely man who did not mind my pantsless toddler running about. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful gathering. We caught up. We laughed. We remembered old times. And it felt so good to host. I had forgotten how good it felt. Even though it was imperfect, it felt so right. Now, earlier this evening, we had a family service at 4 o'clock. And I invited the children at that service to help me with a very important project. I asked them to make a Christmas card for our 11 o'clock service, people. So this is the children's Christmas card to this congregation. And I want to tell you the story of how they made it. I told them, you have this very basic black outline that I made, because I didn't have time to make a really fancy Christmas card. And I said, this is, you know, a manger or a stable, maybe where Jesus could be born. And I need your help to make it really special. Because this is the place that's going to host the Christ child. So let's make it special. So I put it on the ground, and they went to work while I went off and told stories about hosting dinners. And they came back with this. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Isn't it perfect? <laughs> I was informed, however, that during the days of Christ, there were no robots. And I did have robot stickers in the craft basket. So <laughs> perhaps it isn't totally perfect. But I asked the kids, as they were finishing up, I said, is it good enough? Is it good enough for the 11 o'clockers? And they said, yes, yes. It's good enough. I think it's better than good enough. You know, I'd be willing to bet that if I had asked the adults to make a Christmas card for all of you, one of them would have gotten a little bit leadershipy and bossy and said, okay, everybody, we're going to make sure that it's color coordinated. The blue stars go in this corner, the robots go down here, and the smiley face emoji stickers are all over here. They would have organized it, and it would have been perfect and down to the letter. And what do you think those grown-ups would have said when I asked, is it good enough? Is it ever good enough? <laughs> you know, there's one character in the story of the birth of Christ that I think gets overlooked, that I want to give a shout out to tonight, and that is to the innkeeper. The innkeeper who had a full house and answered the door. and saw a pregnant woman and her husband, perhaps already in the throes of her labor pains, asking him for a room. And this man had the bravery to say, yes. I have a barn. It's full of dirty equipment, and there's some animals in there, and maybe some hay, but 
you're welcome to stay there. And what did they say? Yes. Thank you. Yes. And the King of Kings was born in a barn. Not in a mansion, not in a palace, not in a perfectly decorated, adorably festive home. He was born in a barn. This is, to me, the mystery of Christmas. Because in this time, so many of us, myself included, struggle with feeling our worth. We think we're supposed to be more joyful. We think we're supposed to get everything more perfect. We're supposed to have the turkey cooked just right, the trimmings hang just so, the presents all bought and wrapped perfectly. And if we don't do it, somehow we are not worthy. But we are worthy. Christ came into our world anyway. There was no mansion, there was no palace, there was just a dirty old barn. And Jesus came anyway. The mystery of Christmas is that the light of Christ chose us to shine through. And I think that we were chosen because we are broken. It is the cracks in our souls, the cracks in our hearts, these are the things that let the light shine through. Just like the luminarias that we have outside, the light of Christ shines through our imperfections, shines through our shame at not being perfect. It shines through everything. It shines through the darkness. And that's a hard mystery to wrap our minds around during this time of year. But you know who gets it? The kids get it. They've got it down pat. Without missing a beat, they came up here with no shame whatsoever and created something beautiful and said, yes, it is good. So this is the mystery of Christmas the joy of Christmas that even in the darkest of worlds, the most awful of circumstances, the most imperfect of places to be born, Jesus Christ said yes, <clears throat> said it is good. The light of Christ shines in the darkness. It shines through the cracks and it shines through all of us. And it is only when we can have the eyes of a child that we can see that. That we can be brave enough to say yes, to offer what we have, even if it's not perfect. In a moment, I'm going to ask our ushers to come on up and take this Christmas card, because there's a part two to this project. After the four o'clock service and after this service, I invited all the adults to write on the card, to write messages of hope, of love, statements of worthiness. And I want to invite all of you to do the same. So this 
Christmas card will be in the back. And I hope that you'll join me in remembering your worth and the joy that we all can feel that even in our brokenness, even in our imperfection, Jesus Christ was born and the light shines through us. Amen.